right, it's cold and rainy here in Wilmington, and I'm sort of sick, so you might be able to hear it. <laughs> a little nasally, but uh, hello and welcome everyone to the Process of a Profit podcast. My name is Jack Fleming. I'm here with Daniel Summers. Um, but before we get started, I'm going to have to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by Entra. If you're an entrepreneur or looking to get into entrepreneurship, this is a place to be. Um, this podcast, again, yeah, it's a new professional network. Sorry, that was the wrong message I was supposed to read. Uh, it's a new professional network built for entrepreneurs, investors, creators, and freelancers. You can easily create content, grow your network, and meet new like-minded people in live rooms and events on the app. All listeners, all listeners can sign up for free and also get upgraded to Entre Pro, which gives you access to over $50,000 in deals and discounts with over 100 partners. Go to entra.link backslash Jack. And again, if you go there, please connect with me at Jack Does Marketing. I'm at Jack Does Marketing in most of my social media handles. So make sure to connect with me there. But we're here today with a 2020 Coastal Entrepreneurship Award winner, Daniel Summers, also CEO of Electronic Lab Logs. Yeah. Uh, But how are you today, Daniel? You've been doing good during this rain? Yeah, same, same same as you. Actually, I think I'm a little uh, little nasally and whatever. I joked with uh, my sales guy that I was going to show up to the call with like cotton balls in my nose. You know, so <laughs> you're in good company. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot of people do listen to this, so they wouldn't really uh, know yeah. it. But uh, you know, if, if they hop in the live stream, you know, I hopefully we catch people during lunch and they'll 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 see it. You know, sometimes you we get go. some some people on here um, from Twitch. Uh, Sometimes it's people on Facebook, and so uh, yeah. I've had every which person on here. You know, we're multi-streaming right now. Again, this is live, so we're, we're free-balling right now. But, uh, yeah, just give us a little bit of background on, I guess, you and your company, just so everyone sort of knows what we're getting into when we're talking about uh, uh, sure. data and healthcare and just you as an entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Daniel Summers, and I'm one of the founders at um, Electronic Lab Logs. And um, we are a software company. We're actually uh, providing an electronic solution uh, for labs, mainly clinical labs. Um, It's one of those like really weird niche industries that I would have had no clue if my partner would have told me about it. Um, Essentially, what we do is we go in um, to labs and uh, replace their paper logs. So, you know, if you're running a lab, you have a lot of uh, equipment in that lab. And all of your patient data is electronic now. That's just a given. Um, but there's still like this uncaptured um, section of the lab to where all of the maintenance that you do on the equipment and a lot of the QC also that you run to calibrate the equipment and make sure that it's maintained properly. Um, they still use paper logs to track all that. So they'll literally have like a clipboard like this with scribbles on it sitting on top of like what you see in bathrooms <laughs> like you yeah honestly in bathrooms. yeah <laughs> dude we make that joke all the time it's like no more sophisticated than a gas station bathroom you know it's like <laughs> it's comical um so anyway so we just provide a solution for tracking that and then that obviously gives their um auditors the data they need to prove they were doing it so yeah sweet that's awesome um i i did do a little research into you on linkedin just to like uh, your background yeah um and it looks into it looks like you're have a ton of experience in software yep. and, and tech. Um, but how how did you get into the like I guess clinical healthcare 
Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming you just didn't sp maybe it's you spend a ton of time in hospitals and you're like, this is a thing we need. Um, usually we're entrepreneurs, you know, like we experience things just and we're like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, but uh, with you, yeah. it could be different. And so I'm sort of interested to hear <laughs> the, the story behind it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, full disclosure, you know, I can pretend to be a really smart lab guy um, and I can uh, talk the talk a little bit, but um, I'm truly not a lab guy. <laughs> I'm just learning it, too. Um, so, you know, the backstory is, yeah, I, I've done software for my whole career. Um, everything from, you know, uh, we my big first project was for uh, Delta and other uh, airline scheduling projects and then uh, new sport and then down to like a video platform. But this one was um, totally out of the blue for me. It was just a friend of a friend that connected uh, me. Jeremy Skorsky is the guy who started this thing with me. And he came to me. He is a lab guy. So he's, you know, worked the lab his whole career. He's also a regulatory regulatory um, um, uh, guy as well. So he goes around and inspects other labs for cap and others. Um, and so he, he came to me and he was like, Hey man, like we're getting, and I always, uh, make fun of him where I can. He's like, can you create a software and put it on like a disc for me to use? And I'm like, well, Jeremy, that's not how software works these days. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but, but it honestly explained that like his problem with what I just explained a minute ago. And, and I was like, dude, like just find a company that's already, surely somebody's doing this, right? It's like one of those things that just seems like a no brainer. Um, and the more we started talking and he's like, I'm telling you, I inspect labs across the country. Like they all do it this way. And I'm like, this is just unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually early on hired a marketing um, marketing firm to kind of do some homework for us. Cause we we're like, look, we know the bubble we're in, but let's make sure this is truly a shared problem across the U.S. So we did and we hired some people and they did a whole bunch of interviews and everybody's like, yeah, this is a problem. And yes, we would pay for a solution and, and so on. Um, so we did it. We uh, we kind of created a, uh, a thing for his lab first and then went to market with it. So uh, but yeah, this was totally out of the blue for me. This was not the, the lab world and the hospital world was totally new for me. Uh, so I've learned a lot along the way in that. Mm -hmm. that so process. basically, you're you're combining a uh, a non tech founder, someone with an idea, with yeah. you as the tech founder. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. how has that been so far? I, I'm like super yeah. interested in business partnerships because sure. uh, I've been told by my business law professor in at a school never ever 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 get in business partnerships um, <laughs> with like four, like a ton of Evers, um, mainly just because of, I guess, issues arise. You know, it, it's either it's bad. Well, I mean, I guess there's checks and balances, but sure. it's like sometimes, you know, you don't want, if there's a big issue, you know, you don't want to pay someone to leave and pay out. You know, it, I yeah. think it's easier if someone just solely owns a company. And so that's what I work on a lot of. But mm -hmm. uh of course, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so yeah. if someone's trying to build this, but they're not tech founder, they might have to bring someone on um, for equity, like mm -hmm. another founder or like hire. Um, this is a big in my discussion. I, I'm, I'm, I'm developing something right now. Well, I'm having other people do it, but I'm the non-tech guy. So I'm, I'm figuring this out too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, how is it having a partner and being in a partnership for? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, t I'll tell you my, our story and how we came, um, you know, it, it can be 
take it for what it is. You know, we actually had a, I had a great experience with um, our partners. So there's actually four partners in the firm now. Um, so Jeremy and I started the, started the company. We brought on um, another guy, Randy Long. So he's our, um, he's also our partner and he's been amazing. He's like the, has a little more gray hair than I do. So he brings the wisdom of the group, right? Um, and so the three of us together, actually, um, it, it was always a good relationship. We always had benefits that each one provided. Um, and then eventually we brought on Chad as well. Chad Hartz is our CTO. Um, and we gave him equity, like you're kind of mentioning, um, in lieu of, you know, salary to help us build the thing out. And so he, he was the engineer side of uh, things. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I can understand the perspective of, of maintaining control and being a sole um, owner of the company. But, you know, there's also um, it, it really depends. I mean, if you're working in an industry like me to where I knew nothing about the lab, I knew nothing about regulatory. Right. I knew nothing about honestly about healthcare in general and the, you know, things like the long sales cycles and the you know different chain of commands, all that kind of stuff was very new to me. And so Jeremy brought that perspective that I would have never had. So, you know, a lot of the failed opportunities that have happened in um, healthcare have been, you know, software guys who come into healthcare and they knew nothing about the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So they built it in a way that made sense to them, but they had no, um, you know, they had no real like lab experience in our, in our example, right? So like when we go to demo our product today, I can't tell you how many times we hear from our clients that are like, um, man, you could tell this was built by a lab guy. Right. And so that's a, a huge advantage that we have. That others don't. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of uh, I, I don't I don't think you partner with people haphazardly, but I do think there's some benefit in having the right partners and really uh, moving you forward. You know, um, but, you know, relationships are tricky. So mm -hmm. I can see, you know, I've heard the horror stories, too. So. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I want to put you on the spot right here, actually. Okay. Probably something you're not ready for. Uh -oh. um, but, you know, I, I want these podcasts to be more free-flowing and just not sure. typical business, you know, question, answer, uh, pretty dry. Um, but I'm going to give you two minutes to do your business pitch and hopefully you can get it in in that time. Yeah. So for I'm, I'm going to start when you're ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> two minutes. Ready? Wait, go. Hold on. Huh? Is this a business pitch to investors or potential clients? Um, let's do, uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's, uh, I'll let you pick and then let's let the, the listener or viewer decide. <laughs> I don't know if that's, well, let's keep it a little, a little surprise. So I'll, I'll let you pick yeah. and then, uh, you know, yeah. we'll see. Uh, let, let's do, uh, we'll do a two minute investor pitch. How about yeah. That? Let's do investors. Yeah. Yeah. All cool. Right. So ready? Go. All right. So my name's Daniel Summers. I am the CEO founding partner of a company called Electronic Lab Logs, and we are helping labs ditch the paper logs. So what we mean by that is if you're a lab and you uh, have bought a whole bunch of equipment, you're going to have to maintain that equipment in order to remain compliant with governing bodies. Right. So um, think of it like an oil change, tire rotation on your car. You have to do the same thing for your equipment. And they across the board, labs in the U.S. use paper logs to track that equipment. Okay. So it's a costly issue for them. There's a lot of wasted time and, and effort on the front end, but also on the back end when they're audited or there's a lawsuit, they have to dig through paper 
in order to uh, prove they were compliant. So we built a software platform. It's a SaaS solution uh, for these labs and it gives them data standardization. They can get immediate notifications when something's missed and then they get all the reporting they need uh, for, for that data to uh, report back to their governing bodies. So we're uh, going after three, um, three market segments. We're going after hospital labs, private labs, and even the physician's offices right now. Um, and then eventually we'll expand out. Um, but there's a, it's actually a surprisingly large market. So if you look at all the CLIA labs in the U.S., um, it, it breaks out to be about a $1.6 billion addressable market, which is surprisingly large, I thought. Um, and so that's uh, that's where we're going after today. And we're actually in the middle of a raise. So that's why I picked this one. Right. So we're actually raising a seed round of uh, 500K right now. We've got um, a little over half of that full um, through uh, soft commitments. And we're finishing up due diligence on that front. Uh, but if you're an investor, come on, we'll talk. I'd love to have you. So. And time. Is that's that two minutes? Yeah. 1.4. I love it. So. That's uh, early, so I guess early is on time in the business world. You know, if you're on time, we're late. But uh, that's cool. I really want to get into the, in the investor side a little bit. Sure. I was just on a call yeah. the other day um, at on Entra. They had a uh, an, a VC kind of like forum clubhouse kind of style mm -hmm. uh, panel. Um, it basically just a, a ton of VCs just talking about um, their their uh, uh, funds and uh, just what they look for. And then they did a little Q and A, um, but how is it working or trying to get funding, um, and, and the process of like gathering info and being able to yeah. convey it easily yeah. and to 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 what they want? Yeah. So um, no offense to the to the uh, to the investors out there that, uh, but it is such a time suck and a painful experience on some fronts that. It's a, it's a full-time job. You know, it, it's something, honestly, I went into naively. I think we've all watched a little bit uh, too many episodes of Shark Tank to think <laughs> happen in a, you know, a, a two minute pitch and then you get a check, right? It just doesn't happen yeah. like that. So um, I've learned a lot along the way and I'm still learning, um, but it is definitely, um, it, it's just, I always kind of saw it as like a, um, a one-time thing that we'd have to do as the company and, you know, me as CEO, we'll, we'll just raise some money and then go do all your stuff. It's like a mm -hmm. constant thing that you're doing. You're constantly selling the company. You're constantly raising money. You're constantly, you know, building the, so it, it was a real, it was a real challenge for me to get used to that. Um, but yeah, you have to, it, it, I remember early on, like some of the exercises I would go through to like, make sure, like, I don't know if you've ever seen like the business model canvas and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, that you would go through and I was like, man, this is such a pain, but what it does, it refines it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, you end up, look, you eventually learn to, to talk to talk, walk to walk, like see what the, all those investors really are looking for. And there's a reason they're all looking for similar things. They've done this for a long time. Right. Uh, so there are reasons they ask, they all ask the same questions and they all expect like certain data in certain formats. Right. So, uh, there is some method to the madness, but, um, I think the most surprising thing for me was, you know, I didn't realize the the number of irons you have to have in the fire before one actually, you know, like got hot and you could actually make use of it. Right. So I was like, yeah, we'll probably talk to four or five investors. And one of them will pull the trigger. 
it's like quite the opposite. You know, you have to talk to many, 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 many investors um, because, you know, they're, it's, it's about finding the right fit. And, you know, from their perspective, your investors are looking for things that line up with their category. So, you know, the typical investor might listen to a hundred pitches and pick one. Right. So that was like, I had no idea. I was like, Oh, it might, you know, half the deals that come before they might pick. That's not the case at all. They're always looking for why it wouldn't be a fit. Right. So, um, it's a numbers anyway. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a numbers game. And, um, and, you know, it's also frustrating with us is that, you know, we're a new company where, uh, for a while we were pre-revenue, we're in revenue now. Mm -hmm. Um, there's always that, like, we're too, you're too early. You're too early that, that, oh man, that's like such a painful thing to hear over and over and over. But again, you understand it. You can understand it if you're, if you're viewing it from their side. So I've heard that from both ends too. Like, um, it, it depends. I mean, obviously, if it seems like it's a unicorn kind of business, you know, it's and it's the investors taking on the risk. So I guess they could technically invest if it was pre-rev, but yeah. most yeah. people do want that, uh, like the MRR, ARR, that kind of the the, the consistent numbers. Um, yeah. And, and to make sure it at least has some uh, interest, some market research already done um, pre-investment. So I guess it just minimizes their risk a little bit more than just betting on the idea, but mainly betting on the entrepreneurs themselves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What have you... Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I was told basically like yesterday too when I was on this on this call was, uh, was that that it's numbers game but also a ton of people are on twitter vcs are on twitter just where they are um mm -hmm. so they're like encouraging people like hey start these relationships you know build build rapport with vcs before we even pitching people yeah like super yeah. early in the business just like get your name out there make sure they hear about you because people people are saying that they remember things too like if you're going to tell them this that you're going to meet this uh number early and then you talk to them later to pitch them like they're probably gonna remember what you said. So if yeah. you're there, great, yeah. like cool. But if if you've like exceeded that, awesome, you know, it, like it might help that. So definitely like remember that VCs are humans and that they remember things. Um, but they definitely it's it is a relationship building thing, it is business. Yeah, it is. Well, and that it's a, you you bring up another good point too, that was like, you know, I kinda you know, honestly, maybe to a fault saw it as a little bit transactional and not relational, mm -hmm. right? So it was like Hey, are we a fit? Okay, see ya. We're not a fit. You know, and you move on. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, really, a lot of times you may not be a fit now, but hey, they want they might want to talk to you come series A, right? Or they might want to talk to you later and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Or you might have a hard time raising it now. And then you're still in series C, like in our case, right? Like we tried to raise back in the middle of COVID and it was like, it was horrible because we mm -hmm. it was the work we're selling to healthcare and COVID. It's like, I would, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, uh, but I didn't know, you know, I was just like, no, 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 I'm telling you, it's, it's great. You know, so, um, but you know, a lot of those relationships are now coming full circle. So they, they, you know, and people, um, they keep an eye on you, right. And so they're watching what you said and what you're doing and uh, is there real progress? So if you can just keep those relationships real, um, you never know what comes out of them. Actually, one of the guys, um, who said, uh, who passed a little over a year ago came back. You know, so it's, you know, that's the way it works sometimes. So. Yeah. And a lot of them want to be involved too. Like it's not maybe for, I don't even think it's from there and they just want to give you money. Like you're also as the entrepreneur, you're looking for their expertise and their insight. 
because they've been doing this for a little bit. And it, I guess it depends on the equity they're putting in too. Sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, they could have connections to help you grow. And because it really, if they're giving you money for this equity, they want you to grow so they get the money back and more. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's for everyone's best interest that they help you in the, whether for relational or money. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, How have you transferred over your, previous i mean i guess your technical skills for software yes but uh working with others how have you transferred those skills from your previous work i guess with uh delta and uh other companies um yeah they're not i i looked at the list and i i can't remember any off the top of my head but i know you have you you have cto you have software engineer you have dev you have a a lot of software experience how has that uh, the soft and hard skills transferred over to now being in a more of a, a founding partner position? Yeah. So some of it translates well. Some of it, um, you know, actually becomes a uh, a challenge for me, honestly. So you know, being a software guy turned CEO, um, there was a time where I was so focused on product, right? And so I'm a product guy. Like I, I think about making sure that's the like that's perfect and there's like hey are we testing this are we building out this month blah 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 like really i'm really good at that stuff right so but what you forget is like you can have the best product in the world but as you know a company if you're not selling it right and it's not getting out there and you're not hold hand uh holding the hands of your customers correctly well who cares right like nobody nobody that company's going nowhere like actually early on when i talked with um Randy, our founding partner, and I, I was like, he was like, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if this thing works, you know, and I was like, Randy, I'm telling you, it's going to work. Like we already did the, the prototype. It, this is this works. This works. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the product. I'm talking about the company. Can the business work? And I was like, yeah. huh. you know, that was like a, a light bulb moment for me because I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. There's a lot of things I haven't really considered. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's a lot of that that I definitely uh, has been different for me. I he- actually I heard a guy um, uh, say that he uh, he actually successfully exited his company, and he said he spent about thirty million on product development and about a million on marketing. Right, mm-hmm. and um, he was he was like me, he was a software engineer. He he um, you know just loved product, loved product. Um, so he spent about one million on marketing. He said they were getting beat by a company who did the exact opposite. Who spent millions on marketing, had a subpar product, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, if I could do it over, I would have flopped the numbers. I would have spent a couple million on development and the rest on marketing because it really matters. And that's like such a different shift for me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it's the way it works, honestly. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it really depends on the consumer want, like. I mean, I don't know. In the healthcare space, obviously, people want things that work, and they have clout, and they have, and they have, a, yeah, yeah. they have popularity. Um, yeah. But I mean, it does depend on marketing too. Like, I, I help some smaller businesses, or even like realtors in the area. You know, if I help them market, you know, they could literally get out marketed by people who actually have more experience than they do, and, and more um, brand awareness in the area, simply because yes, they have more brand awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely a battle. <laughs> it's a big battle in marketing. Um, yeah. But you mentioned learning things along the way. What have? What are you still continuing to learn as a uh, entrepreneur um, at this age? I'm not going to ask you for your age, but uh, sure. I, I'm learning things continually because yeah. um, I'll, I'll tell you, my I'm 24, and so I'm yeah. always learning things. 
Uh, I tell my mom a lot that she's like, you can learn things from working for other people. I'm like, I'm learning a lot more right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but yeah. what are you learning, I guess, now in, in, in your state as an entrepreneur? Um, yeah. Do, do you have anything yeah. that, you, that you know that you notice? Like, oh, wow, I learned that the other day. That's really cool. And I never thought of that even when you were in the workforce or when you were younger. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I just turned 40 this year. So, um, so no, uh, not shy in that regard, but uh, I still feel still feel young. Not I don't feel 24, but I feel young. <laughs> so, um, no. So, you know, again, I've learned learned a lot, continuing to learn a lot. Like I think one of the um, the biggest areas where, again, I'm learning is the sales and marketing side of things like it, it was just. I, I always honestly was happy to defer that to those teams, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was the product guy. It was my job was to build the product. You guys figure out how to sell it. Well, so now I'm like, oh, man, I'm in that that boat to where I have to learn. So a lot of the processes, um, like, for example, I thought, um, so uh, our, our guy, Mark Winneberger, is our sales guy. He's amazing. And he talked me into doing, like, inbound uh, sales, gener- like, uh, sales leads. I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's not going to work for this industry. This is healthcare. Like who's on LinkedIn and healthcare, right? Well, boy, was I wrong. So we, we did, um, there's an amazing company out there called Cleverly that will like tie into your um, social media and they'll, uh, it's not like one of those LinkedIn mail or in mail things to where you could tell it's not from somebody. It actually looks like it's from you, right? So it will go out and start, uh, start the connections and generate leads. Almost all of our sales today have come from Cleverly from inbound sales leads like that. And I honestly thought, I was like, there's no way. The other day we had a a demo and Mark and I were looking up where he came from. I'm like, where? Like, I don't have this guy anywhere on my radar. And Mm -hmm. we asked him, we're like, hey, how did you find out about us by the way? And he was like, oh, you just, I read your article on LinkedIn. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I thought it was interesting. And so I took the demo. And so stuff like that, I just really, um, I never valued that side of uh, the marketing like I should have. And it's, again, it's just the way the world works now. Um, but it's amazing. And there's so many amazing tools that can capture that kind of stuff. Now, this mm-hmm. is actually a surprisingly um, effective. So, yeah. So we're running this to the live stream and I'm in an office with other people. So <laughs> he's making a phone call. So I might make him close to his door. Um, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, well, of course I'm in the marketing space too. And so I'm yeah. very aware of different um, platforms and different ways people use stuff. I get, I don't want to say harassed by people on LinkedIn all the time, but I do get, so I got, I got, I got connected by two people who work in the same company the other day and both of their messages were right next to each other i'm like y'all need to <laughs> fix that right now that's funny. y'all need to fix that um but yeah so i mean obviously yeah. marketing things that work are what people want and there's different platforms are used by different people linkedin is definitely more um corporate people who are like employees of businesses but um vcs are on twitter um yeah. so there's definitely um, different strategies for people to use, whether it's cold demon people, um, just the game leads or, you know, social media marketing or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, that, that's really cool to hear. Um, yeah. So question was end goal of electronic lab logs. Will it be acquired or will it, are you trying to, for it to be acquired by someone else or are you trying to be CEO for the next foreseeable future? 
yeah continue. yeah no definitely uh we I, I definitely think it's an acquisition um potential for a few different people i mean so if you my goal has always been like hey we did this bootstrapping look what we did and got to x in revenue um you know you can come in as as uh as a Cerner or a GE healthcare or as somebody else and um, acquire the company and really um, blow it out of the water. So um, there's definitely a few potential um, acquires that I think would, would make sense. Uh, like guys like in GE healthcare are actually already buying up different companies um, that service equipment, for example. So there's probably some potential there, but even like, again, Epic is a big player in the field and they have a, um, a, a product called Beaker, whereas, you know, there's some other competing uh, efforts like Cerner that don't, right? So there could be a play there. Um, but absolutely, we're, de we're definitely um, looking for an, an acquisition down the road. So. Mm -hmm. And to get there, what are your short term, short term business goals or like long term business goals to to think you'll be in a position yeah. to be acquired? Like, what do you have yeah. a, a number in mind to be like, this is the number someone's going to look at and be like, oh, yeah. Company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Our like uh, our, our our goal short term and long term is is uh, ARR. Right. So we're just trying mm -hmm. to get there. Um, so once we get to that um, right under the 10 million ARR, that's when like things just totally change. Right. So um, and we can get there in, in that um, four to five year mark. So mm. my goal is to develop those channel partner relationships and others that will help us get there. Um, we can definitely keep selling the way we're doing it. Um, but the challenge in healthcare, again, I had no idea, is they're so slow, right? Every Everything, like we just closed a really big contract um, that we're so excited and we're high-fiving and we're like, wow, this been 12 months in the making, literally 12 months in the making for, um, for, for a close. Right. And then not shortly after that, we just got uh, the green light for a second one. Same thing, little over 12 months. So Whoa. that's just like part of the process. I remember early on Whoa. talking with a, a gentleman that was former CEO of big healthcare. And he was like, only thing I'll tell you is cash is king. Like don't, blow it all right away because you have to be able to last, right? You have to be able to last through because once you're in, you're in, but getting in takes forever, right? Oh, so, uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm figuring that out right now. Um, yeah, My sales cycle is probably a little bit shorter, um, but then again, I'm still figuring that out. Like literally I have a ridiculous amount of people in my pipeline right now of people who I've met, they've expressed interest in, in, in marketing and all. I've given them basically like pitches, I've given them pricing, um, but now they have to go back and think of it because yeah. most of who I work with is, are smaller businesses. And so spending 1K, 2K, 3K, whatever it is per month on, on marketing is could, yeah. be, could be pretty substantial for some people. And so they definitely have to like sit down and be like, okay, like what are the results we want? What are our business goals? How does, do we want to work with this guy? So uh, yeah. definitely figuring out the length of sales cycles right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it sounds like, honestly, you might ha encounter some of the similar things we do. It's like, you know, it's not a problem until it's a problem type thing. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. so, so our, we have a big advantage. Like when we go in and we present, we've never once heard, well, this doesn't make sense. Like for us, mm -hmm. that's not a problem. Everybody gets it. Like everybody's like, oh, go, go electronic. Duh. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's more about, is this the right timing? Can we afford it? 
right? It's really the the main two issues for us. But what happens is for some of those people, it's like, yeah, we like it. We'd ever, it's not a high priority for us right now. Um, well, they'll get an audit, right? And they'll get like dinged for whatever. And they'll be like, hey, remember when we gave us a demo? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so that that type of thing happens. Probably the same thing with you, right? It's like, well, now that we're struggling, maybe uh, is that uh, still good for marketing? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm getting people who, some some people have things in place that they already want just continued, I guess at cheaper mm-hmm. rate. Um, you know, because people have strategies that are like, okay, this is working, we don't want it to change. Um, sure. But then on the other hand, you know, marketing and technology is continually changing with the uh, iOS updates, uh, social media updates, whatever, whatnot. Um, so some people are really like, oh, we want to pay you for different. We don't pay you to be the young guy, basically. We want, we want the the newer ideas, the uh, the different forms of content coming out. Um, so it's it's really like across the board of people who want specific things, or people who are just like we just want different things that are more here and now with the the, the changing times. Um, but yeah, so do you have any tips for people? I guess we'll we'll start out with software. Um, yeah, do you have any tips for people who want to get into software? Um, obviously you have a lot of experience in it. Um, and then we'll, we'll, I'll do another one of, of tips for later, but specifically like software. Did you study in college too? And that's how you got into it for in the first place. I did. So I, um, I, I was like really lucky. Okay. So the, the, um, flight line company I mentioned where we did stuff for Delta, I was going to college and then I was doing like tech support for them first. And then, they were growing so fast that they needed programmers. And so this guy brought me in and I, uh, I really studied under him and learned so much more. I eventually actually dropped out of college. I never finished. Um, mm. But I was constantly, honestly, because I was learning at a faster pace on my own. And so mm. that's, that's the biggest takeaway. Like I was always um, reading books like in, you know, uh, like I won't just pick up a, you know, a, whatever a, a novel right it's more like technical books like i, I can read those mm-hmm. um but i was always learning the latest stuff either through books or for for a while um lynda.com uh, i think they were they're now the linkedin learning so many good learning uh um programs on there that honestly like every time a new language would come out and i wanted to learn it programming language i would just go there and they had the best tutorials you can learn it in, I don't know, like 16 hours or so. Um, and it was interactive, right? So for me, that was like the biggest thing is just staying on top of it. I, like I remember I did this one little, um, this this one uh, contract and it was all in this one technology. And like, I really didn't stay on top of other things that were coming out. And I came out and I felt like I had lived in a cave for two years, you know? And I was like, holy cow, like yeah. everything's changed. And I, I missed the boat, right? So um, software is one of those that's like that. It, it's, uh, I mean, it's all applicable. You can l- learn it pretty easily, but like there's always things coming out and changing nonstop. So uh, being eager to learn is, is for sure uh, the, the key there. So. And just getting, you mentioned getting hands-on experience. <laughs> from a, yeah, learn on your yeah. own is, is huge for sure. Yeah. Um, what would you give, I guess, uh, tips or uh, you mentioned like app applicable uh, tips uh, for people who are wanting to be, let's say in your position, maybe technical yeah. founder, CEO, uh, big boy in business. Um, 
what tips do you have for people who are, let's say, my age or graduating college and who want to become entrepreneurs or tech founders? Yeah. Um, my, my biggest thing, man, is it is it is all about work ethic. Like you cannot like there are people that were handed jobs and you know positions and money and whatever else right i was not one of those people <laughs> so and honestly when i look around most people i know were not those people so that be, you cannot um you cannot you know sleep in every day and ignore work and ignore your responsibilities and expect to be successful it just doesn't work that way um so working hard and being willing to you know, put in the time doing the things you don't want to do. Um, eventually you'll get to the point where you have some seniority and you have some people and you can pay the people to do the things you don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but even so, like you still have to be, it, it's funny. I was joking with the guys uh, the other day, we had a spearfishing competition and, um, mm -hmm. and they were like, I thought owning your own business meant you could uh, take off whenever you wanted. And I was like, well, I can, but when you own your own business, you don't want to. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, you've got too much stuff to get done. So it's 80 hour work week, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's like jokes on me. You know, I, uh, I now work more than anybody. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, honestly, hard work is like you, it, it's the difference maker. It really is. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can have really, really smart people that are lazy and it, it doesn't go very far. So you can squeak by for a while, but, um, I'll take the guy who's a hard worker. Who's a little bit less than any day. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, super great insights. I'm, I'm super excited to see the uh, the listeners and hopefully we get updates. Like if y'all are listening yeah. and, you're, and you're our age and graduate college, definitely give us updates if you're doing this. If you're like, okay, I'm starting now. B build in public. Like, let us know. Uh, but what? So I'll give listeners and viewers context. Uh, so I know you basically by being on Zooms weekly with the uh, university uh, Center of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Uh, they do like weekly. They're called One Million Cups. It's a weekly Zoom, uh, yeah. or it used to be a meeting in person. Um, we're gonna start that back up soon. I'm excited. Uh, of entrepreneurs, uh, just describing their businesses and basically telling us what they need from the community, um, and then we can ask questions, get questions answered, um, and then there's community announcements basically. And so it's a great sort of culmination of local entrepreneurs and um network uh, not slightly networking i guess you could say this yeah. this counts because we're not doing business but i want you on my podcast so it's networking um but yeah so that's how we're connected um what are your thoughts on i guess the entrepreneurial ecosystem um in wilmington uh, yeah. we can just stick i don't i won't be broad and say entrepreneurial ecosystem in, in the world or in the u.s right now because it's, it's definitely a might be too much. Uh, well, but, that's good because I don't know about the rest of the world. I only know here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, the ecosystem in Wilmington right now? I know a lot of people are trying to do uh, big things and, and strengthen it, and uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, starting new businesses, building businesses. Yeah. Uh, lots of awards going out. Um, people being recognized by big, uh, yeah, big firms and all. Um, what are your thoughts <clears throat> on the local ecosystem? Uh, first and foremost, you know, I can't say enough about like the CIE group, uh, the one million cups, uh, guys like Jim Roberts, who are extremely vocal and adamant about building network. This Wilmington community has been amazing, honestly. Um, 
And, you know, that's another thing, again, I, I had to learn along the way was, you know, I was always a software and product guy. And, you know, we, we software engineers can tend to be a little like, you know, sit in the dark and program all day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, we, you know, I don't need you on programming. And so it was different for me to get out and network with people. Um, but it's a game changer. Like, and again, it's like, I, I, like trying not to be so transactional about it. Like truly just build relationships, like get to know people. And you, what happens is eventually someone will be like, Oh, you should talk to so-and-so or, or they remember what you did. And so they send somebody else to you. Mm -hmm. Like it, it really is one of those things, you know, you, I've always heard growing up, it's, it's about who, you know, right. And honestly, it, it really does make a huge difference. And I, I will say Wilmington has proven to be, and it's finally becoming recognized now as being one of the greatest growing um, environments here. I mean, it used to be, you came to Wilmington, you were either already retired or you were waiting tables, right? Well, now there's real jobs, right? There's a real environment and actually really big companies, right? How many, we got a couple of the gone public. We've had like huge impacts in the community from that. Um, so, so maybe global, the global companies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe the secret's out on Wilmington now. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been amazing. It really has. And so, yeah, the one million cups groups and all those kind of things. Um, it, it is like it seems initially when you're super busy and you've got a hundred things on your agenda. It's like, oh, my gosh, one more meeting that there's not really a need for. Well, it, like find the value in it because it really does make a difference and it really does um, help, you know, and it, it, those one little connections sometimes will be a huge game changer. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, my goal is just to be seen and obviously like learn from others in the space. You know, I, I'm not going to say maybe a, a, a marketing services company will uh, be is super glamorous con, uh, compared to like a, a some tech startup or or um some brewery that's focusing on like <clears throat> civil rights and all um but you know i'm here i'm here i'm just i'm young i'm trying to learn so it's yeah. definitely fun for me to to at least be in the, the same room with uh people of uh i guess statue <laughs> influencers i don't know people yes. who are, are slightly more experienced than i in, yeah. in, in uh entrepreneurship and who are older and have wisdom um that's just really cool for me um but yeah, that's really all I got. I think we talked the least amount of healthcare as possible, mainly just because I don't really know much about it. <laughs> so I, I try to stay more on the entrepreneurial and marketing yeah. side. Um, but yeah, so if you have any calls to action of uh, how people can maybe reach out to you, um, maybe learn more about your business. I think yeah. I, I have your uh, LinkedIn down below. Um, yeah. But if you want to let, uh, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So, of course, we're on LinkedIn. Um, our main website is just lablogs.co. It's not .com. We get that one wrong a lot, but it's lablogs.co. Uh, so you can find out exactly what we do on there, um, or you can reach out to me directly, Daniel at lablogs.co as well. Um, but yeah, I'd love to chat with anybody who has questions or just wants to talk more. Cool. Well, definitely. Thanks for being on, Daniel. Um, yeah. I hope you feel better. Um, yeah, same to you. <laughs> definitely, uh, we're gonna see how this storm plays out. I don't think it's gonna be really anything compared to what we've had in the past. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely see you around on Zooms. And um, thanks for being on the Process Over Profit podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Process Over Profit podcast.
This episode is now over, so please take the time to like it, follow us, and leave a review if you enjoyed listening. Your support means the world to us and will truly help us grow. Thank you.